0: Hare Krishna. Welcome, everyone. We're now going to have a short discussion, much shorter than the sages at Naimasharanya. they gathered for 1,000 years. We'll just be here for a few minutes. But we can always take advantage of every minute, thinking that every moment of human life is precious. It's a preparation because the human body is a special facility to fully develop one's consciousness and become krishna conscious which ultimately means to develop prema or love for krishna as the esteemed Bhagavad Ashraya prabhu pointed out this morning that love for krishna is already there within the heart but due to association with matter since a time immemorial the soul becomes distracted and covered by various conceptions of life called upadis. For instance, one might think that I am a man or a woman or a cat or a dog. Or one might think that I'm American or I'm Canadian or I'm Ethiopian or I'm Indian. However, these are temporary designations. Our real designation is mentioned by Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. And... He gives the perspective of somebody who's come to perfect knowledge and has become learned. And he says, Vidya Vinaya Sampanne, shuni Shunichaiva Shupakecha, Pandita that a learned person doesn't see a body. Although, yes, he or she sees the body, but actually he's fully aware that there's a soul within each body, and that soul is part and parcel of Krishna. It's an eternal servant of Krishna. And therefore, although he may interact with people in a dutiful way, for instance, the tiger is not one to be petted, or if one is dealing with others, one should do so with decorum. However, at the same time, the devotee sees and gives respect to the soul and the super soul within each body. And Krishna mentions this in the Bhagavad Gita in many places, but one is Ishvara Sarva Sarva Bhutani Yantaram Rudrani Maya. He says that I come with you, the soul, everywhere you go in every body. So we may know that when we look at someone, we we mustn't just see the external feature that here's a person from a certain station in life or this is a particular kind of body. But we should know that not only is the soul there, but also Krishna is there. So we can offer respects to all living beings. And especially those who have evolved their consciousness, as we just read, Krishnaityasigirita manasadriyeta Dikshasti chet pranatibhisha shushushaya bhajanavigna mananya manya." This is a verse we recited earlier in our kind of mantra trance we were doing. Did you all feel like a little trance? Did you feel like your brain got bigger? Much bigger, right? So it's important to take time in the day to chant the Sanskrit shlokas from the Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, and other Vaishnava literatures because then they're always there with you when you need them. And we always need them. And so... There's a way in which, what was I about to say? From the Shriya Shri Upanishad or something? Huh? Oh, yeah, thank you. There, there are various levels of devotees. The first level is one who just says Hare Krishna. Second level is somebody who's made a vow to chant Hare Krishna. And the third level is somebody who made a vow has been chanting steadily, and whose heart has actually changed because of, the, because of that, and then becomes a refined person, which means, according to this verse, nindadi shunya hrita mipsita sangalabhya. That person is no longer interested in uh, decrying the activities of others because of envy. But nindadi shunya means, ninda means uh, I have the tendency to criticize others because it makes me feel better about myself. Well, they're not that good. I could have done that, uh, etc. But the person is uh, purified in heart and therefore doesn't have the propensity of envy anymore within the heart. This is an evolved person. Because Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that it's natural in this world to have this tendency to hate. Icha dwesha dvandva mohina bharata sarva bhutani sarge yanti the nature of the interactions between living beings in this world is Icha dwesha there's desire i want something from you and also i hate that you have something that i don't have these are the two features that's why everyone fights all the time. It's like how come you moved your fence 2 inches towards this, this is my land it's not your land. It's not your water either. Nothing belongs to us in this world. Everything belongs to Krishna. Nonetheless, I label everything. This is mine. That's yours. You stay over there. I stay over here. And then we fight. But the devotees not interested in fighting. Of course, the devotees will fight. Arjuna fought for dharma. But only on behalf of Krishna do they fight. Not on their own desire that I want something. That the devotees want something only for Krishna. And... Dwesha, the voice actually are, are like Krishna in the sense that Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Samaham sarva bhuteshu nami stinapriya. That I'm equal to everybody. Uh, I don't have friends and enemies. I don't make this distinction. He's my friend, he's my enemy. They're all parts and parcels of Krishna. And, Ye maite teshu If somebody out of the souls steps forward and says that uh, I I'm following Krishna. I'm going to worship Krishna. And then Krishna says, Yay bhajanti to mam bhaktiya, that bhakta, that person. Then I'm in him and he's in me. There's an intimate connection. That intimate connection is already there, but it's to be realized through the process of Krishna consciousness and purification. So, this next song is a song written by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, one of the great acharyas in the line of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Who helped to spread the Sankirtan movement all over the world? And he wrote this song to give us a window into the spiritual world. What is going on in the spiritual world that most people don't talk about? If you look up today on CNN, uh, Fox News, I don't recommend it, either any of these, uh, MSNBC or New York Times, Washington Post, you won't find this song. People are talking about who killed who. Is it who killed whom? and uh, all the wranglings going on in the material world. How high is inflation? How far did the stock market drop? How much further is it going to drop? And et cetera, et cetera, ad infinitum. These things are always going on, but they never think of the spiritual world. You'll Nary, nary will you find a word about the spiritual world. So we have the luxury of sitting here together this morning and singing about Krishna in the spiritual world. And this song called Jayarada Madhava, and it has all the names of Krishna, especially those in relationship to his devotees. There are different kinds of devotees. Some devotees worship Krishna in a passive way. They are adding something to the environment by being there and just appreciating Krishna. And then there's the devotees who think of Krishna in service. They're so grateful. They tip over at a certain point from appreciation into, I have to do something for this person. He's so wonderful. And these are the servants of Krishna. And there are many different kinds of servants, but they're the ones who move into action and they want to do some service. They're there in the spiritual world also. And then the next level comes as the sakhas, the friends of Krishna, those who develop a, a friendly, loving relationship with Krishna and And some of those friendships, actually, in the spiritual world, especially Goloka Vrindavan, which is mentioned in the Samhita, Goloka Namni Nijadamni, it's the personal abode of Krishna. Then those devotees, they feel uh, equal with Krishna. Although no one's equal to Krishna. In Goloka Vrindavan, where Krishna associates with his devotees, then there's this sense of equality because Krishna suppresses his opulence as the supreme so that he can just have loving relationships with his devotees. And then there are the devotees who try to nurture Krishna, like the parents. And the cows are also in Vatsalya Ras, because they're always thinking, how can I give milk to Krishna? And his parents. And the parent like, in a village actually, for a little child, everyone's a mother. Uh, this not separated. Uh, that's my child, the, nobody else. But in the village life, especially Vrindavan, all the mothers come. They're all there uh, nurturing. So this is a mood of Vatsalya. And then there's Madhurya Ras, where the, the devotees have this unbounded love for Krishna. And it's, it's more like boyfriend-girlfriend, although it doesn't have the impl- implications that it does in this world. This world is a uh, opposite because it's a reflection of the spiritual world. What's most exalted there becomes the most degraded here. So this song has the names of Krishna in relationship with his devotees in the spiritual world. So what's important about us singing these names? Well, just imagine that if somebody, any of us were walking down the street in Kuala Lumpur. Anybody been there? Okay let's say you're in a neighborhood you've never been to before in Kuala Lumpur and you're walking down the street and let's say you have a nickname nobody knows it but your mother anybody have a nickname that only your mother knows? yes? so you're walking down the street and then all of a sudden someone leans out the window and then says hey Kana (laughs) and then you'd think who was that? how did they know that's my nickname? and you'd spin around and you'd think who knows me? And in the Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's process of devotional service, we actually uh, relish and sing and and repeat the names of Krishna in the spiritual world in relationship with his most intimate devotees. And when he hears hears those, according to Srimad Bhagavatam, the 11th canto, 2nd chapter, 55th verse, vishrijati rdayam yasya sakshad, there's a way that, uh, that uh, if anybody utters the name of Krishna, he's inclined to give many benedictions to that person. But pranaya, rasanaya, pranaya, dhritangripadma, if you sing his names with love and you know what you're doing, which is a whole other realm, then you tie up his lotus feet in your heart and he won't leave you Ever. So if anyone wants to know how to be successful in life, how to be fortunate, how to be happy, it's just to sing the names of God. And these are the best of names because they're the nicknames of Krishna in relationship with his devotees. Shall we try it? Sounds a little scary. Maybe we shouldn't do it. Let's stop and we'll bring a TV and watch CNN instead. What do you think? No? Okay, let's try Jaya Radha Madhava Jaya Kunjabi <laughs> Gopi
1: Namah Bala second line down <laughs> shorana nannara praja janaranjanda
0: shorana mantra in the book that we're going to look at today, called Srimad Bhagavatam, is Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So I'll say, and we can repeat three times together. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. And the next mantra is one that, that where we're offering obeisances to the author to Goddess Saraswati and uh, we're getting ready to enter into hearing the Shrimad Bhagavatam. Narayana maskritya, Narayana Devim Sarasatim Vyasam Tato And now since I used up so much time earlier chanting shlokas till the cows came home, then <laughs> we'll go right to the Bhagavatam. And today I'm going to read to you from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 2, Chapter 2, which is entitled The Lord in the Heart, just check your heart. See if the Lord's in there. See there? Okay, good. And uh I'll read the Sanskrit and then the translation and then we'll go into the the purport, which is a commentary given by his divine grace A C Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Tenatmanat Manam upaiti shantam anandam ananda vasane etam gatim bhagavatim gatohya savai punar neha vishtate na. Translation is: Only the purified soul can attain the perfection of associating with the personality of God it in complete bliss and satisfaction in its conditional state. Whoever is able to renovate such devotional perfection is never again attracted by this material world and he never returns. And here's the purport. We should specially note in this verse the description of Gatim Bhagavatim to become merged in the rays of the Parabrahman, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, as desired by the Brahman I'm sorry? That number is two two 2231. Well, you just listen. Sages didn't have a PowerPoint. We should specially note in this verse the description of Gautim Bhagavatim to become merged in the rays of the Param Brahmān, the supreme personality of Godhead, as desired by the Brahmavādi impersonalist, is not Bhagavatim perfection. The Bhagavatas never accept merging in the impersonal rays of the Lord but always aspire after personal association with the Supreme Lord in one of the Vaikuntha spiritual planets in the spiritual sky. The whole of the spiritual sky, of which the total number of the material skies is only an insignificant part, is full of unlimited numbers of Vaikuntha planets. The destination of the devotee, the Bhagavata, is to enter into one of the Vaikuntha planets, in each of which the Personality of Godhead and His unlimited personal expansions enjoys himself in the association of unlimited numbers of pure devotee associates. The conditioned souls in the material world after gaining emancipation by devotional service are promoted to these planets, but the number of ever liberated souls is far, far greater than the number of conditioned souls in the material world, and the ever liberated souls in the Vaikuntha planets never care to visit this miserable material world. I offer my respectful obeisances to His Divine Grace, Haisi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada and to all of you because you are Vaishnavas. Hare Krishna. Now, uh, let's hear what you heard in the first paragraph or see if you have a question. Yes, Prabhu. To the life and soul of call it weep
1: Krishna Maharaj. So Maharaj, in the proper Srila Prabhupada is mentioning that the Brahman realization is not, uh, you know, proper or it's complete realization. But uh, if you read uh, 1 to 11, there it says like the absolute truth can be realized in three ways. So we know that you know only the sat aspect is there, means the eternity aspect is there in Brahman realization. But those who are actually aspiring for that realization, yeah, there are there are references that it's not complete. But if you can actually a little bit elaborate how they are not complete, yeah, that will be really helpful. Sure. Well, th- those who
0: um, read the Bhagavad Gita hear directly from Krishna. And that's not so hard. It's available to everybody. has been for thousands of years. And incidentally, its textual purity is well known because it's been guarded by the great acharyas who have commentated on the Bhagavad Gita practically more than anything, any other book that actually um, empirically you can discern this, that that the the commentaries are abundant on the Bhagavad Gita, and therefore it's been watched very carefully. the, the It's all in place. And in the Gita, uh, Krishna cuts to the chase. It's the Gita Upanishad. He's actually giving the essence of all the advice, because it's, after all, it's only 700 verses. Uh, the uh, Padma Purana and other books like that, you can't count the verses, frankly. <laughs> Never come to the end of it. This is very short and to the point. Krishna says, pratishtaham, shashvatasya, sukasyai He he gives us a point that I'm the basis of the of the impersonal Brahman. So when you know a subject, as the Bhagavatam then points out, Vedanti Tatt Tattva Vidas, Tatvam nyajgyana madvayam, brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavaniti shabdite that you should know things in relationship to other things the problem is when the cause of the brahman is not understood and people get it reversed and then they think brahman is the ultimate goal and then when krishna comes actually it's actually a material a material thing his body they think is made of the three modes of material nature and as some uh, Commentators, uh, in an author- unauthorized way, with with no support, Shastrically, have said, "Well, when Krishna says you should think of Me, you should surrender Me. It's not Krishna you should think of; it's the unborn within Krishna you should think of." This is uh, rank speculation because there's no Shastrik support for such a statement. But nonetheless, Krishna says, "Avyaktam vyaktam manyate mama param jananto mama maheshvaram." Plenty of people get it wrong, and then they they think that from the unmanifested I manifest. But Krishna gives very clear it gives it very clearly that I'm the basis of impersonal Brahman. So one should know when one uh, worships Brahman, and there's nothing wrong with it because it's Krishna. But one should know what the basis of that is, and people then, according to their appreciating capacity, are able to know various features of the Supreme. As mentioned by Shri Gadeva Swami in the 10th Canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the story of Agasura, he says, Itam satam brahma sukhanabhudya dasyam gatanam paradaivateena mayashitanam naradharakena sakam vrajaru krita punja." He names the ways in which people in various types of consciousness uh, become aware of the Supreme. So first of all, he says, there are some that are only aware of Brahman. So they think God is just the light. And then he said, there's some that are in this mood of uh, reverence towards God and that they see him as uh, Lord Hari in Vaikuntha only. Then there are some who are covered by the modes of nature and they just think he's an ordinary person, like them. Maybe a little more expert, like Duryodhan. He was. Everyone knows Duryodhana, right? One of the figures of the Mahabharata. Actually, he was demoniac mentality. He thought, and of course, back then, five thousand years ago, practically everyone had some mystic potency. So he had, and then he thought, well, Krishna's is a little better than me, but not a big deal. Not to get all excited about <laughs> and and so Mayutanam, uh, not a he 's just not a he 's just an ordinary person. Then sucumverjarukkrit punja. Punya but those who have gotten bhaktiyun uh, Muki Sakriti that means it's this very special association with pure devotees who know krishna 's uh, personal form and have a relationship with him, as I had mentioned before. He's the and know him as the origin of everything. Aham sarvasya pravavo matak Sarvam prabartete iti mam. Yeah, if someone knows Krishna is the origin of everything, including Brahman and including the Paramatma, everything's emanating from him, and understands all these categories, then they, with all their heart, they they worship Krishna. So there's nothing wrong with worshipping Brahman. Nor is there anything wrong with worshiping devas, for that matter, as long as one understands who's the boss. Because uh, there are different philosophies. And maybe in Buddhism, they'll say, ultimately, there's no boss. And Maivad, they say, well, you're the boss. You just haven't realized it yet. And then there's the materialistic people. They're all fighting amongst themselves trying to become boss. Only the Vaishnavas say, Krishna's the boss, nobody else. <laughs> and that's what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita. That's, uh, he says, mm-hmm. Everything's hanging on me as pearls are strung on a thread. There's nobody uh, that's uh, better than me or, or higher than me. And that's good for us because we, we don't want that role. We can't handle it. Just try it here in the material world. Everyone will jump on you. It's like you're not the boss. As soon as you become the boss, then everyone starts writing about you in the paper, saying like, "Kind of boss is he? Who does he think he is? He's making a merger on this company, or who? You know, everyone wants to criticize. But if you're a servant of the 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 servant, a million times removed of the boss, then you become a great soul and you're exalted. So. Lord Caitanya puts everything in perspective, and so that we can actually take up the teaching of the Bhagavad Gita, which is commonsensical and it's good for us. And He shows us how to understand the different categories of the Supreme, because He's variegated. There are many aspects of the or energies. There are multifarious energies of the Lord, and the categories of. The Supreme are also mentioned in other Puranas like the Vishnu Purana, Vishnu Shakti Para Prakta, Gyakya Tadha Para, Avidya Karma Sangyanya, Tritya Shakti Rishite. The Vishnu Purana, as quoted by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to Sanatana Goswami, says that okay, there's the internal potency, it's spiritual. Then there's the external potency, that's the material world. And then there's us, there's the, the Tatasta jiva. Tatasta means we're marginal energy. We can associate either with the material world or the spiritual world. So, in coming to a full knowledge, one has to know, Vedanti tat, tatva vidas. We have to know tatva. The word tat is the same in English. It's that. You just add an H and you've got that. It's a demonstrative pronoun. It's the same thing as tat. It came from Sanskrit. And you're just pointing to something to say that and there's a sense if you can point to it it exists that's what tut means tut means that exists <laughs> that's why in bhagavad gita krishna says that there's those who are seers understand what actually exists and what is constantly changing and they can see the nature of both and therefore if one says oh god's just energy then he's made a categorical mistake or a category mistake he, he's the energetic. He's not the energy. So we can appreciate the, the impersonal Brahman, but we must know where it's coming from. Why? Because ultimately, when we come to know that there's a person behind all this energy, then we can actually direct our loving propensity towards him. It's very difficult to love Brahman. Paramatma, okay. But in Paramatma, actually, by definition... It's a mercantile relationship. That's why he's here, to fulfill the desires of all the living entities, because I want, I want, I want, like a little child. If you watch a child, it's all day long. I want, I want, I want, (laughs) I want, I want, I want, and I want some more. And always asking, I want, I want, I want. So the living entities in the material world, it's me, me, me. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Yes, please look at me. And then Paramatma's there. It's like, how can I help you? I can... But that's not God's ultimate role. His ultimate role, as Prabhupada points out in the Srimad Bhagavatam, is he's got his own life. Yes, he's watching out for us here like a parent. You know, he's got one of those, what are those little devices, you know, you put in one room so it records the child in there. And you're in the other room reading the paper or something. And you can hear the child's breathing. It's like, hey, he's fine. And then he, wakes up and like, okay, what do you want? <laughs> That's Paramatma. <laughs> he's listening in on us all the time with one of those little devices. And, and you know, it's like, you want something? And I was like, I can feed me. I was like, okay, here's your food. Uh, and then every living entity gets food from Paramatma. He's taking care of everyone. Nityo nityanam, chaitanas chaitanam, ekubahunam yoviditakti kaman. But is that is that god 's job just to take care of us? No, just like your parents. they have their own life like you don 't even know until later i didn 't know how, I mean how much did I know my parents? I, I only met them when I, when they were forty because I was the youngest in the cha- in the family, and then uh, I was a baby and a, a completely self centered little you know twerp until, <laughs> until I was well I still am so But how how could I know much about them? They had their own life besides like feeding me You know, where's the peanut butter? Come on hurry up all this stuff as a kid and You know, they had their own life. I didn't know much about it I still don't but when I look back and I think wow, they're independent people So God's got his own life, too. That's the Nijadam. He doesn't just take care of us You know, whatever we want. It's like I want a new car. God can I have a new car? It's like yeah, you've got to work a little for it, and it's going to get bashed up, but you can have it, you know. <laughs> not going to like it once you get it, but, you know, whatever you want, little jiva. And, and he's taking care of everyone, but that's not his ultimate role. He has his own interests. He has his own family. He has his own lovers, and he's fully absorbed there. So that's Bhagavan. Just by logic, if you look at the completeness of God, you have to understand that he has his nijadam, his own place. Is that Rasa Sindhu? I can never tell... Who's here because of the mask syndrome? Hare Krishna. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a complete subject matter in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Brahman is, is explained, Paramatma is explained, and Bhagavan is explained. And this is highly important. Why? Because, as we know, Srila Vyasadeva went to great trouble to explain Brahman and Paramatma. Not so much Bhagavan. And his spiritual master knew that Vyasa was in distress. And therefore, he came to visit him. Guru says, what's wrong? You don't look right. He says, I know, I don't feel good. And it's really strange because I've done so much service. And I tried to do the right thing. I wrote all these Vedas. And Narada goes, yeah, you blew it. He says, whatever you desire to describe that doesn't reach the threshold of describing Bhagavan, he said, that'll simply disturb people's minds. He says, even if you describe self-realization, and it ends at this understanding of uh, naishkarmyam that work without fruit of results the material world's not my home i'll just be absorbed in the self he says that's that's not very nice niranjanam no interest in the material world whatsoever still you leave him hanging he said and it's not beautiful so what you need he says naishkarmyam apyachuta bhava varjitam, you need achuta bhava or uh, this sense of love for krishna and when you have that then you uh, actually have the, what is the most important aspect of life. And in Bhagavatam also, there's indication that we can't extricate ourselves from the variety of the material world unless we have a sense of that personal relationship with Krishna in the spiritual world. Because we're inextricably tied to the material world. What happens is, as soon as we come out of the womb, the senses that we have have a relationship with their objects in the material world. Have you ever noticed that? You just talk into your senses, you watch them throughout the day. It's like, why are you going over there? It's like, that's where I live. That's me. That's my thing. I'm connected. We're one. And little living entity, Jiva, comes out of the womb with a new body. Everything's tied up, already tied up. No way of getting out. And it's like, no, no, I, I like this. This is what I'm used to. This is the conditioned experience. And until one gets a sense for an aesthetic beauty that is real, it's visceral, and that is a higher taste, then one can't possibly give up the the inextricable connection to the sense objects in the material world and the sense that I belong to the material world. I can't give that up unless I have another place to go. Brahman doesn't provide that. It's way too ethereal. Paramatma doesn't satisfy that. It's tit for tat. But Bhagavan, the idea of the love life of the Supreme. Everyone loves the Supreme. Everyone's there with Krishna. And there's rhythm there. Everyone? Music? You like music? That's where it comes from, spiritual world. 16,000 ragas come from the 16,000 principal gopis. There's 16,000 ragas. Could we learn them all? Possibly. If we work really hard every day. But that's what's in the spiritual world: beauty, loving relationship, non-stop. What everyone's looking for. Therefore, in Bhagavatam, the Kumaras say, "Yet pada pankacha palasa vilasya bhaktya, gratitam mm-hmm. udgratayanti santa tadvanda rikta matayo yatayo piruta shrotogan astamaranam That and for the devotees who become entangled in this love of the spiritual world and the relationship that Krishna has with his devotees, then they can easily rise above the variety of the material world because here it, it actually it is uh, it's odious. Research department, the word odious You'll get your definition in seven seconds or less or your money back from today's class. Microphones to the research department, please. Work with me, people.
2: Odious is from the late 14th century, and it means hateful, deserving of hatred, Um, Hated, regarded with aversion or repulgence. And it's from Anglo-French, odious, from Old French, odious, or directly from Latin, odious, hateful, offensive, unpleasant, from odium, which is hatred.
0: Hatred? Yeah. We don't exactly hate the material world, but we do find it objectionable once we see the beauty of the spiritual world. But tadvana rikta matayo means that if... You don't have that sense of connection to the form, the qualities, the stories of the spiritual world, the beauty of it all. Then you're Rick De mateo, your head's empty. And what it'll fill up with? CNN, CSM, MSNBC, Fox. Uh, what else is there? New York Times, Washington Post. Blah, blah, blah. Same thing, recycled over and over again. And even the best of literature in the material world, you can go into studying literature. And no doubt, it has an attractive feature to it. And when you read uh, literature that actually has some refinement to it. But the bhagavatam tadvag visargo janataga viplavo yasmin pratisokam vadyavatyapi. amidst all the literatures in the world they pale in comparison to the beauty of the language of the bhagavatam describing the spiritual world it's inexplicable and even amongst all the vedas and there's thousands millions of verses in the vedas and puranas amongst amidst all of them the bhagavatam stands as the the king above all of them. And so if one can then become acquainted with and then even slightly attracted to the idea of Krishna in the spiritual world and catch on to the narrative of the spiritual world, then one no longer cherishes or has or is obligated for that matter to be absorbed in all the other stuff in the material world. If you don't get absorbed in Krishna Kata, then you're obligated to CNN, Fox, MSNBC, uh, New York Times, Washington Post, Reuters. I don't know what else there is, but they're plentiful. And it's all saying the same stuff. It's all chatter about the material world, and you can predict what's gonna happen. There's gonna be good news followed by really bad news. And it just goes on and on and on. And if you look at your astrological chart, if you want to spend all the money for that, then somebody who probably doesn't know what he or she is doing anyway, they'll look at it, and they'll say, you're going to have really good luck, and then it's going to go bad. You're going to be really smart, then you're going to be really stupid. And so this back and forth in the material world, it is a source of, nauseam for the for the living being we're getting nausea comes from a word that uh, means seasickness we're getting seasick from riding on the waves of the material world so we could take shelter of the highest conception of god in the spiritual world which is the personal form and then we'll actually feel satisfied and even as we chant his names and look at a picture of krishna or see the deity will feel satisfaction that that's where I belong. That's my eternal home. Now, if somebody would please bring a chair up here for my dear god brother, his grace, Bhagavad ashaya Prabhu, put it here and put another microphone stand up. Then we'll answer a few questions together. If you'll encourage him to please come up and welcome. <clears throat> That's it. Okay, let's see if somebody else has another question to, to open the conversation even wider. Yes.
2: Hare Krishna Maharaj, please Hare accept Krishna. my humble obeisances. Hare so, uh, my question is how does one protect oneself from the impersonal influences, especially um, with my profession? Um, in psychiatry and psychology all the literature that is is either atheistic or it's very impersonalistic so um so it leaves the heart very vacant if um whenever whenever one delves much deeper in the literature and um so it, it so that's my question. That how your do your question
0: I, is in one sentence. I'm sorry. What's your question in one sentence?
2: So my question is: How does one protect oneself from the impersonal influences within this world?
3: <laughs> um, well. It, no, oh, sorry. My understanding is there's only one way, and that is to become consciously completely dependent on Krishna in all activities. There's two verses in the 18th chapter where Krishna says, "Chetasa <laughs> matpara. Buddhi Yoga Mupashricha Mach satatam bava Machchita Excuse me Mach savadugani <coughs> Savadugani Matprasada Tarishasi atachetwa Twa Mahankaran Nasoshasi Vinankshasi. It says in all in all activities just depend upon me uh, and work under my protection. In such devotional service, become conscious of me. If you become conscious of me, you will cross, fully conscious of me, you will cross over all of the obstacles of material existence by my grace. If, however, you do not hear me but act out of false ego, you will be lost. And the impersonalist philosophy is the most uh, full blown manifestation of false ego. Uh, it is, it is as Prabhupada says, the last snare of Maya. So atat chitva mahankaran vinoshasy, nashroshasy vinanchasy, and then before that, mat chita asava durgani mat uh But it begins with consciously becoming dependent upon Krishna for everything because we are completely dependent upon Krishna for everything. So as we as we try to expand our consciousness, there are pitfalls along the way. There are traps, uh, because we still have the influence of false ego. False ego doesn't just vanish uh, immediately when we become devotees. But this false ego, earlier in the, Third chapter, Krishna says ahankaram uh, vimudatma, uh, the, under the influence of the false ego, we become vimudatma, we become very foolish. And all of these things that Vaisheshika Prabhu was talking about before, of uh, falling into the illusion that uh, I'm the boss, or you're the boss, or we're all the boss, or we haven't realized that we're the boss yet, and so on. Uh, these uh, these are all things that arise because we are under the influence of the false ego. The chanting of the holy name actually uh, dissolves the false ego, gradually dissolves the false ego away as we become consciously more and more dependent upon the chanting of the holy name. Uh, in in uh, his... A further point is in his instructions to Sanatan Goswami, Lord, Lord Chaitanya says one thing, and then he uh, reinforces it with a verse from the Ramayana, that any person who just once, with full sincerity, bows before me and says, My Lord, from this day on, I am yours. Uh, that person I give... Full protection, uh, and as prabhu was saying, we're tatasta, so we can shift. We, we can go. We can go deep, and then we could think we have to come back up for air again. A little bit of Maya, but the reality is, um, there 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 has to come a time in your life where having brought some Krishna consciousness into your life. You have to choose then to take your life into Krishna consciousness, into full consciousness of Krishna. And as Vaisheshik Prabhu was saying, Krishna has a life. Uh, a lot of people over the years, um, we've had crises in, in ISKCON where people have come forward and said, oh, well, Swamiji did, did not give you the full picture, you have to study this and do that, and... But if we, look at the, if we look at the daily life that is presented in the temple, uh, everything here that goes on from the moment that the Lord is woken up in the morning to the moment he's put to sleep at night is to do with Krishna's day. What goes on in Krishna's day. So we are gradually, gradually trying to regulate ourselves to living in krishna 's life uh, not having a life of our own that life so called life of our own is the life of false ego so there comes a point where you that in uh, in roman history there's the story of how uh, they say there's a term that 's come down from this so called Crossing the Rubicon there was a a situation where Julius Caesar had conquered all of all of what is now France and he'd gathered a huge army and he was coming back towards Italy into Rome and the senators didn't want him to bring his army they actually secretly wanted to assassinate him but they they said don't bring your army beyond the Rubicon River and he got there and he brought his army across the river (laughs) and there was no turning back so there has to come a point in your life where there's no turning back you have to turn away from Maya and not look back And give up all desire to control anything. And just understand that we we were chanting this morning. Everything is controlled and owned by the Lord. Everything. So another point in that regard also, from what Vaisheshika Prabhu was saying before about, finally you have to accept that Krishna is... Who he says he is. And who all of the great sages say he is. And that he is a person. He is the supreme absolute personality of Godhead. The absolute truth. And there's a warning in Bhagavad Gita in that regard. That uh, there are many devotees. Of course I'm sure there's none like this here. But There are many in the process of devotional service or in the practice of devotional service who assume themselves to be Krishna conscious and in devotional service. But in their heart of hearts, they don't accept that Krishna is the absolute truth. We have to come to that point in our lives where we just accept that this is the absolute truth. This is the totality of reality, that nothing exists without Krishna. Everything, therefore, is dependent. That word dependent is very nice. Can we look up dependent? Depend, from the Latin, de, from. Pend means to hang. So, you know, like a pendulum or a pendulous piece of jewelry off your ear. Uh, or a pending file it's we all know about those files that are hanging over our
2: heads
3: (laughs) Uh, the inbox is never empty Uh, so dependence means this you just as they say you sling your hook and you catch a hold of Krishna's lotus feet and you just hang there (laughs) and you don't let go Oh, goodness. I've dreamed about this. <laughs> Such an honor to be here.
2: Um, dependent is relying for existence on, and it comes from Latin dependere to hang from, hang down, be dependent on, or be derived.
3: Mm. And if you look up in the in the free dictionary in the thesaurus there's also the concept that it depends on Krishna everything depends on Krishna in that everything is determined by Krishna <inaudible> everything as he says they, they follow my path in all respects even if you want to go to hell you have to Go the royal road to hell. <laughs> There's no, you can't, you know, and even the shortcut, Krishna, set that up as well. Everything is determined and dependent, deper- determined by and dependent on Krishna. And that point, I'm, I'm sorry to be repetitive, but that point of making it personal. <laughs> We all have, we all have fear of our own uh, personal, individual, spiritual identity in the early stages of devotional service, and we think Krishna's aware of everyone, except me. <laughs> except me. I, all right, I somehow or another, I, I fell through the net or who me, Krishna, yes. Krishna is aware of you. Mm.
0: Mike to the back, please. No, no, you can sit there. They'll bring you the mic in seven seconds or less or your money back from today's class. Mm. You got two seconds.
3: <laughs> Out of your own pocket. <laughs> <laughs> The management takes no responsibility. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hare Krishna, Prabhu. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs>
2: Prabhu, Both go ahead. Prabhu, my, okay.
1: my question is, if everything is dependent on Krishna and he controls everything, why is there so much misery in the world? <laughs> why doesn't he give everybody love and, and all the good qualities?
0: It is love, actually. If you look in a responsible family, raising children, there's a way in which uh, if you step into the family and you notice that the parents are giving some stern instruction to the child, some reprimand or go to your room. Anybody ever been sent to their room? That still happen? It does, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I remember it as a, my as wife, a kid. My, your my wife, wife says, go, <laughs> go to your room. I can, I can just hear my mom saying it. It's a samskar. So go to your room. It's like, a, dang, you know, okay, I'm in my room now. So is that love? Is that a form of love? There's a way in which uh, a parent has the responsibility to bring the child to maturity. If you just say to the child, I'll give you everything, the child won't be able to take it. You get what's called a spoiled child. You know, child comes in last and it's like, no, you actually won. You, you won, although you didn't study for the test and you failed, it's like, no, you actually passed. This is kind of a modern technique some people have taken up. And there's sociological proof that it actually spoils the child to, to, know, to beyond repair, practically. There's a whole generation of people who subscribe to this idea. It's like, it's all good. Whatever, whatever your truth is, that's just fine. You do whatever you feel and we'll, we'll still reward you. There's no growth in that. However, you know, when there's a good definition of what's right and wrong and then the child learns uh, by, okay, I touched this and this was the consequence. I learned all these things and then the child comes to maturity so those who uh, become unhinged or as the tatastajiva can do enter into the dark forest of material enjoyment and become lost there's a, a there's a way in which uh, krishna's helping us out of love to come back to this position that bhagavad ashraya prabhu was speaking about which is to come to that momentous time in which I say that's it no more no mas. I'm 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 turning my back on the material world I'm going back to the spiritual world and unless we make that decision ourselves through the special training that Krishna lovingly gives us by giving us parameters in the material world you touch this this is the result why don't we let everyone just drive on the left side of the 101 freeway so how come I can't drive on the left side of the one one freeway? Anybody, anybody have any, any uh, idea?
3: I saw someone doing it the other night.
0: I, well, if you're in India, you see it all the time. It's like, why is there a tractor coming towards me, you know,
3: followed by a camel cart? Uh,
0: like, I thought we were going on the left side here. So, so there's a way in which there is actual. Uh, reality. And Krishna's bringing us very lovingly to that point. And to come to that moment when we make our own choice, he's waiting for us. And he's also set up the, the world in such a way that we can make that decision. And nobody else can make it but us. That's called love. When you actually decide independently that I'm going to I'm going to surrender to Krishna. That's your choice. That changes the universe. That's why when we see devotees, for instance, who take initiation and they make a vow, everyone that's like the most exciting program anybody can watch because like, you're actually going to do this. You're entering in here and you're going to say it out loud that I'm, okay, I'm dedicating my life to Krishna. And that's just the beginning because as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, <laughs> that if you, if you follow the rules that I've set up, the guidelines, driving the right side, not on the left, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and, and you just follow this path that I've given you carefully, strictly, you'll come to receive the full grace my full grace, prasada marigasthiti, that will descend to you uh, naturally. It's always available to us. What you're mentioning, why doesn't Krishna give us this or that? He's pouring it on us. The problem is with me. I don't have the capacity to take it because I'm so self-absorbed. I'm, I'm a spoiled little brat. <laughs> and therefore, it's like, meh. You know, why not this? Why do not that? But he says, follow this process and you'll come to uh, realize how uh, gracious and abundant is the mercy that i'm providing and then we we come to f- to full knowledge and we have this f- full intention of serving krishna and then we actually cross the rubicon and come to that point of of loving service and we did it and at last point if if Krishna didn't give us full choice to take the wrong thing. That's not no choice at all. And when Gandhi was uh, moving forward with his freedom movement, you know, the British said, "Like, you guys can't manage this. Because only we British can manage things." And Gandhi said, "Freedom means the f- the ability to do the wrong thing. You have to give that. So that's what Krishna gives." to the living entity, freedom to do the wrong thing. Until we come to the point of saying, no mas, I, I just want Krishna, I'm going to surrender. Then there's love. Love can't be forced. Just try it. I mean, don't try it. But if you try to force somebody to love you, it's like, no, love me, love me. There's lots of movies about that. It's like, you don't love me anymore? How come? Come on, you know, bring a sign up. You know, you just, uh, it, it be, it's unseemly actually. But when there's a natural process through which the person comes to full realization and gives his or her heart to Krishna then everything's available Prabhu
3: in the back
1: Raj, my question is uh, related to fear. Um, in this material world, we see we experience a lot of fear. You know, there is fear of unknown. There is fear of future. There is fear of past. You know, fear of being rejected by somebody whom you expect them to love you. And uh, you know, there are so many phobias, stage fear. You know, fear of heights. On and on and on it goes on. Um, My question is: As a practicing devotee, can we ever um, overcome this fear and, you know, completely get rid of the fear from this material body when you are in this
3: um, material world?
0: I defer to my esteemed Godbrother, who I find to be fearless, walking in this world.
3: I was afraid you were going to ask me that. (laughs) <laughs> we'll be here all week <laughs> we didn't rehearse this either no. No. it's a very interesting uh, phenomenon in the Srimad Bhagavatam in the second canto we find uh, uh, well just at the end of the first canto Sukadeva Goswami arrives on the scene. And then the second canto begins with him answering <clears throat> Parikit Maharaj's question is, what, what should one do when he is on the threshold of death? And uh, with a little bit of uh, preamble, he says, I'm going to recite the Srimad Bhagavatam to you. And then uh, there's a very interesting verse that just pops up there nam. Uh, and there, uh, and uh, he says there that the doubtless and fearless way for all, whether one be possessed of all material desires, whether one be a, a, a yogi or whether one be a self-satisfied personality. The doubtless and fearless way for all of these people is to chant the holy name after the ways of the great authorities. Akuto bayam, doubtless and fearless. So, um, again, like I was saying before, false ego doesn't disappear immediately, and fear of things doesn't disappear immediately. And, having said that uh we can actually in, engage that fear in in our in our to our advantage uh, we sh Prabhupada used to say the problem with my disciples is that they're not afraid enough of Maya mm. so uh underneath all of this uh is um, what should and also in regard to the previous question is is the issue that Srila Prabhupada points to again and again in his teachings where he says due to a poor fund of knowledge due to a poor fund of knowledge and then in the fourth chapter of Bhagavad Gita uh, four nine who knows four nine Everybody knows it, come on. Everybody knows it. That Just, just by, by uh, un- understanding the transcendental nature of Krishna's birth and his appearance, his activities in this world, one does not, upon leaving this material body, have to take birth again in the material world. Everybody knows it, yes? What's the next verse? Yes, vita raga baya krodha, vita raga baya krodha, becoming completely free from attachment, fear, and anger. Many, many persons in the past, uh, through cultivation of knowledge of me, have attained love for me. So, knowledge is acquisition of knowledge full knowledge just like this question about why is there so much suffering in the world Mm -hmm. you can counter that by saying well why are you here it's by underneath all of this we have a poor fund of knowledge because we don't understand we don't know that the material world is not everything we've forgotten that but as i said you weren't here earlier I said, uh, forgetfulness and remembrance are predicated on knowledge. If you don't know something, how can you forget it? Or how can you remember it? Just like there was a, there was a controversy in ISKCON many years ago about the fact that we've never been, about, about the uh, proposition that, actually, we've been eternally in Maya. We're, we're eternally conditioned souls. We've never been with Krishna. But how do you go back somewhere you've never been? And this whole movement is for going back to Godhead. So as we gain knowledge of, of transcendence, of our own transcendental nature and of, and of the nature of the transcendental world, and we gain confidence in, our, in, in, in this reality by the process, as I said in my first little rant, by the process of developing actual dependence on Krishna, actually depending on Krishna. Then, uh, you don't necessarily see it straight away, or feel it straight away, but it's like when you, when you start off in the car, you're gaining momentum, you're gaining momentum, then you're out on the, on the freeway, and you're cruising. And you or you get a, se- you lose the sense of how fast you're going. But then suddenly there'll be somebody going slower in the lane ahead of you, and you realise, oh my god. So Krishna is very kind. It's not that, it's not that. This process of Krishna consciousness uh, is something that somebody dreamed up to give you a hard time with. <laughs> 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 I I, I said this one time uh, 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 and just think that pole, right? Say somebody greased that pole up and then said, now climb it. (laughs) Uh. Another thing Srila Prabhupada says very often is Krishna is very much anxious for you to come back to him. And this Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, Chaitanya charitamrita all of the books that Srila Prabhupada presented to us, the whole of the uh, International Society for Krishna Consciousness, all the seven purposes. Uh this is all this is all a gesture of love from the Lord. Here, just take it. Take it. Mm. But we we uh we hesitate and we, we, look, we look around and think, yes, well, what about this, what about that, what about the other? And Krishna says, just surrender to me. I will deliver you from all of your sinful reactions. And that's where all of our fear comes from. The fear of pain and suffering in this material world, fear that I'll be killed, fear, all of these things. And that's all just because we're, we're entangled under the laws of karma. We're entangled in the in the interaction of the three modes of material nature. And we have no knowledge of anything beyond, especially in the world today. This is the this is the Kali Yuga. This knowledge is practically lost. Mm. But uh, thanks to Srila Prabhupada and only Srila Prabhupada. Mm, uh, it's all now being made available to anybody and everybody mm-hmm. and as soon as as soon as uh, a sincere person, a sincere seeker of truth hears this philosophy, it penetrates the heart and and initially you feel totally fearless, yes. Like, just the big yes, aha, this is it. I remember sitting up in bed reading Bhagavad Gita at two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) First off, couldn't make sense of the first chapter. And then Krishna starts to speak in the second chapter. And the first thing he describes is what you are. This is the, the the beauty of, I think, the most beautiful thing of Bhagavad Gita. Uh, if you if you take Bhagavad Gita as religious scripture, put it in that kind of categorization, and you put against it other religious scriptures, all other religious scriptures that you can think of begin with the description of the greatness of God, the almighty nature of God, the creator of heaven and earth, and this this. Fearsome person, but Bhagavad Gita begins with a per, with a human being in a perplexed situation, and in when when Arjuna surrenders to Krishna and says, "I'm confused. I'm bewildered here. I, I've lost them." I mean, there's 26 verses there, for, spanning first and second chapter, where. Arjuna, this mighty warrior, goes through a total meltdown. And then he turns to Krishna and he surrenders to Krishna. And then we, we, you coming from Indian culture and so forth, you know, oh, oh, we know who Krishna is. But you think of a person picking up that Bhagavad Gita and starting to read it. And then this personality of Krishna is there. You don't really know who he is to start with. But he starts talking a lot of sense to you, right from the beginning. And I was sitting there reading this, and I was brought up to believe I had a soul. But that really doesn't answer the question, well, well, who am I? I've got a refrigerator as well, but I'm not... (laughs) or there's another philosophy that you that if you act in the right way you will develop a soul yeah and i i remember sitting there just reading those verses and then suddenly it just the lights went on oh i'm the soul i'm i'm this i'm this thing that krishna's talking about I, there's never a time when I didn't exist. There will never be a time when I don't exist. Nothing can kill me. Nothing can hurt me. Mm? Nothing. Mm? There's the beginning of fearlessness. Back to 14. Through knowledge of me. Through not real knowledge. Cultivate real knowledge. And put... Real knowledge is not just, as Prabhupada said, armchair philosophy. Uh, this is experiential; it's personal, and it's and it's experiential. Mm-hmm. So you have to have the courage to to. to approach krishna one to one you come and you like i said you come and you present yourself to krishna here i am my lord hmm? please protect me please engage me in your service <laughs> then then this wonderful journey begins wonderful journey yes And it just gets better and better and better as time goes by. In the beginning, Maya will do all kinds. Well, the beginnings, you always consider yourself at the beginning because be afraid of Maya. She can get you at any time, especially when you think you've made it. (laughs) But take shoulder, take shoulder. I'll just end with one little story about that. This uh, I believe this happened in Atlanta when Srila Prabhupada installed the Gornitai deities in Atlanta. And he the next morning he came in from his morning walk to greet the deities and he stood for an inordinate amount of time in front of Gornitai. And he was obviously praying to them. And in his room after the morning program, one devotee said, Srila Prabhupada, you were obviously praying very fervently to Tai this morning. And Srila Prabhupada said, yes? Yes. And so the devotee said, would you mind telling us what you were praying? I mean, we only do this kind of stuff when we're young. I, I couldn't imagine saying that to Prabhupada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Srila Prabhupada said, I was praying to Tai that I never fall into my... And then the devotee said, smart, <laughs> smart Alexis, but Srila Prabhupada, isn't it a fact that a pure devotee never falls into Maya? And Srila Prabhupada said, yes, because he's always praying to Gornitai that he never fall into Maya. <laughs> So this is the path of doubtlessness and fearlessness. But it's a practice and it grows. Therefore, you must stay in the association of the devotees. You must. Because as soon as you step out, it's all raging out there. It's all going on. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. That's enough. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Rasa Sindhu Prabhu, go ahead.
1: Hmm. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Bhagavatasha Prabhu Guru Maharaj. Thank you so much, Prabhu, for being here. Um, My question is that. How do we increase our capacity to give? And I'll, uh, how do we increase our capacity to give and serve? Um, And the reason I'm asking this question is because earlier this week there was a, uh, some of my friends are going through a really tough time and uh, I created space for them, I heard them out, and then they came up to me because they were going through this tough time and after hearing them out, The next day, I became depressed just because of the situation. (laughs) It was overwhelming, and um, I I had zero motivation to to engage with my daily activities just because it was so overwhelming and overburdening. And I want to create. I want to um, have. I want to show up for these people and and be there. But at the same time, I want to guard and protect what's happening uh, and my practices. So I'm not sure, Prabhu, I feel uh, kind of stuck in, in some sense that how do I increase this capacity to give and, and create space even for people who are non-devotees per se, they are my work colleagues. And, um, and Krishna consciousness may not be a viable immediate remedy or solution to their, their needs. So what is, what, is a, what is the solution for a devotee to, to be in this situation and what can I do, Prabhu?
0: In the practice of Krishna consciousness as Bhagavad Ashraya Prabhu was so eloquently describing, there's actual life that one lives. A life that one lives. Vidyam chayas ratum vidya yam ratum ashnute. Only one who can learn the process of nescience and transcendental knowledge side by side can transcend the influence of repeated birth and death and enjoy the full blessings of immortality. Mm-hmm. It's an integrated process. And if one is keeping good association, as bhagavad Ashray Prabhu is recommending, and we continue the process, uh, vrindasavika this morning was saying, if you sponge in the holy name in your japa in the morning, then there's no room for anything else later even though we will feel at sometimes overwhelmed by the circumstances and association and find ourselves, even like existentially temporarily estranged from Krishna consciousness. We're kind of on the outside looking in and we go like, wait, what, why am I doing this again?
1: Hmm.
0: And that's not a bad thing. Actually that's another opportunity to reinforce the, the process. And that's why, it is a process. It's a daily process because it's expected that you're going to live your life. You can't do otherwise. There is no retreat from your duties in the material world. And they're going to be onerous. And your association is also going to be onerous too because different kinds of people come in your life and you can't get away from it. Can you? 52 cousins? If you move back, of course, you're going to move to Silicon Valley and get a respite. But there's, there's growth in that. And the, the way that is most recommended to, to overcome these particular situations where you feel suddenly uh, depleted because of association is to already have your network of guidance in place. This is mostly, is highly recommended. You should have the association of those that you trust implicitly, that you know their foundation is strong, they're in your upline. And you can go to them as much as you wish, daily if you need to, and say, look it, I'm fried, what should I do now? And why are you fried? Let's talk about it. And in the process of doing that, that's where maturity takes place that, or that's how that's actually how by these little victories one after another after the initial period Bhagavad Ashraya was speaking about where aha this is it I'm in all the way and then you go like okay now there's a journey to take and along that journey it's a crucible which is the a way that gold is purified you put gold with maybe it's mixed with other things in this extremely hot environment, and then it, the the pure gold runs out, the impurities go the other way. So in these tests, we get the benefit of looking at ourselves and saying, you know, again, why am I doing this? And then taking shelter of those who know why we're doing it. They, they're they on a higher rung of the ladder, and they can say, okay, come up here. You're going to be okay. And then you come back with... Realize knowledge. And unless you live life and you apply Krishna consciousness, you don't get realized knowledge. It's armchair stuff. It's like yes, yes, and then I need a beedi because you know what a beatty is? Most people don't. Need a cigarette on the side or some you know, but but actually we get the real thing by living life but then getting reinforced by those who are on a higher level. Of, of Krishna consciousness. So get a Rolodex and fill it up with mentors and keep taking shelter of mentors. And you may have mentors for various particular situations that, that you need them for. Last word to Bhagavad-Gadana Prabhu mm-hmm. because we have to end in about five minutes.
3: Hmm. I'm you know, thinking about like a little a little child, a uh, little when we're little children. Uh, when, when we, uh, you know, first of all, we learn we learn to roll onto our stomach and then wriggle around, and then we find out these these things and these things start to work a little, and then we're crawling, and then or we want to stand up, <laughs> and you always fall flat on your face. Yes, and and that hurts, but um, you didn't stay down. And the same thing that hurt you, you put your hands on it and push yourself back on your feet. So, um, inherent in this is the concept of failure. Um, Just because you may fail at something or, or fail in a given situation, it doesn't mean you're a failure. That's a very different thing, um, and and uh, e- even mundane, you know, mundane uh, motivational people and so forth. I'll tell you that e- even in all material endeavors, people who succeed are people who actually f- fail more than anyone else, but they don't give up. So the fail-safe way is exactly what Vaisheshika Prabhu is saying. You have, a, you have a network of support, and you don't put yourself out on, out on a limb on your own. Actually, ever. And this is, again, the, the, the most wonderful thing about Srila Prabhupada, is that uh, he put himself on the line, on his own, and uh, had complete faith in Krishna depended completely on Krishna. We can't necessarily do that. Necess- necessarily, we can't do that. And as time goes by, that's shown. What an exceptional... Of course, all devotion, all devotees are exceptional people. Exception, exceptional is the beginning. But amongst the most exceptional devotees, you... you, somebody like Srila Prabhupada will come along. And he created a situation for us to live in. And uh, as Vaisya is saying, you've got to live in the world, so live in the world in this Sangha. And don't ever leave it. Well, don't ever leave it. (laughs) There's another little story about Prabhupada where he said, one little old man, all on his own, if they had known why I was coming, they would never have let me in. And then he said, but, "But I have lit a fire, and they can never put it out." So don't ever be fooled to think that I got nowhere to go. I've got no one to turn to." Mm? Yes. Hari
1: Krishna.) <clears throat> oh.
0: Thank you, Bhagavad Gita Prabhu, for coming here and filling us up with the vibration that's so deep because it's what's in your heart from your loyalty to Srila Prabhupada over five decades of practice of devotional service, and it's apparent the way you move in the world, the way you have no envy of other devotees, and the way that you speak so articulately about the process of devotional service all backed up by the Shastra. Anyone who wants them to come back more, please say Hare Krishna.